0: Hello, and welcome to the New Rivers Press podcast, a program dedicated to new and emerging voices in the literary community. My name is Alex Ferguson, and in this episode, practicum student Madison Anderson interviews Baudelaine Pierre, author of You May Have the Suitcase Now.
1: Hi, Madison. Hello. (laughs) How are you?
2: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thank you. And excited. <laughs>
2: yes, I am as well. So I just wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. I'm looking forward to hearing your responses to these questions I have, and I'm sure your readers will appreciate the insight as well.
1: Yeah, thank you. No, I really appreciate that we're having this conversation, especially you've worked on the manuscripts, and it's good to hear your voice.
2: I we could just start with a reading of the piece that you've chosen. Oh. I'd like to start with that.
1: <laughs> okay, so let me try. In general, I am not a good reader, but it can be a good way to start. (laughs) I'll read a piece called Restavec from the section Ordinary Earthquakes. Restavec, let's play a game, will you? Do you still say my name like you used to? Remember, you stand straight up early in the morning in the corner of Kafuika you raise yourself up, you on your toes, heels upright, you a statue of yourself suddenly tall and fighting as hell, you are about to open yourself up, the passerby would not know what's boiling. At the early dawn, I would go and sit with the machine cafe, de diffe after sweeping and mopping and leaving all the house's jaws loud of water. But it's never enough to sweep, mop, and bring the water home. So you open yourself up every morning, straight and tall, in the corner of Kafuika. You contract your chest, launch forward, your hands you pull behind, and your back too, and your fists that squeeze the morning air very tight for the other passerby, one more going mad. Did you wake up the day after, distraught? Did you walk towards the corner of Kafuika at the down and shake the entire neighborhood and yell and scream, "Tikififi in impaleo? The Mashant Cafe and I would crack up till our God gets mad and I would leave my coffee with the Mashant Cafe, clean up your shoes and the table and the rest of everything else, the early sweeping and mopping are not enough. Did you say my name after the tremor and expect I would show up to sweep and mop and clean up your shoes, your ground, your underground with my breath, my breath spitting out café Au and paix The Martian Café is under the rubble too, cracking up with me. Monsieur Bannou, his tongues are tied. Will you say my name? Will you crack me up one more time? Will you give me another shot, another day to live?
2: How did you decide on the title of You May Have the Suitcase Now? It sort of happened, I think, just like that, we,
1: without me taking notice. And I will explain. First, finding a title for a book wasn't a big concern during the process. It wasn't a preoccupation at all from the beginning and throughout. And I don't remember that at a certain time over the course of the writing that I said to myself, okay, this is going to be this or that, or this is going to be the title. But I do remember that as I was wrapping up with the manuscript, I realized that what each essay is doing is passing on the suitcase, the stories or the burden or whatever thing we're dealing with right now. So it's passing them on from one hand to another, from one memory to another, from one person to another. So you may have the suitcase now for me. is a space of connection, of openness from the writer to to the readers, from the readers to myself, to continue this ongoing journey, to continue building and sharing stories together. Stories, all kinds of stories, whether we're talking about weather, or earthquakes or or tps the things that uh, that build us every day and i know some writers do begin with a a title before writing a book or a a manuscript and for instance for my next project i have the title before (laughs) having the the whole thing but this is another project but in this case for you may have the suitcase now it sort of happened and it sort sort of came up to me like a gift (laughs) unexpected
2: what are you hoping readers take away from your writing?
1: Well, let's say that I, I am open to surprises and I, I don't really know if there should be a takeaway. But at the same time, I hope that my readers expand the stories that are in the book, that uh, they open them or they construct them and turn them into new things. Because these stories that I share in You may have the suitcase now. They are my truth, my stories of living in the United States after the 2010 earthquake in Haiti. And it is it is also the stories of people and communities I am part of, people I journeyed with and continue to journey with. But there are also stories that are partial, that I want part of the story, so if I were to hope for one thing, it would be for the reader to never stop telling stories. <laughs> and, and we all tell stories and we, we tell them in different ways regarding our interests, our abilities. And for me, it's, it's for the reader to, to see something and to go and continue building whatever they were building before. And after that,
2: maybe to let
1: those stories go then so we can all build together.
2: You May Have the Suitcase Now is obviously a collection of stories that you've experienced throughout your life. How long did it take you to write You May Have the Suitcase Now? Maybe
1: three years or or maybe more. Writing the book was like, for me, an act of recomposition, recomposing myself, looking at myself again, and it was like a dialogue with myself. In particular, after deciding to live here following the earthquake in Haiti and with all the good and all the downside parts of living here, I had questions like what the heck I'm doing here or should I continue living here? The feeling of not being okay, of not being at home and and feeling that I wasn't really accomplishing uh, my dreams here. And, and yeah, so those are questions. I had all the time. Should I continue living here? Should I build this thing, whatever I was building with my kids, here? So these are very serious questions that came up a lot for me during my first five or six years of of living here. And this manuscript is is a space for me or it was a space for me during those three, four, four years to address them. And uh, so it took time for me to address these questions and to provide answers to these questions, and this writing, they are not here to say that I have found answers to them, or <laughs> there are some kind of resolutions, but maybe simply to acknowledge these questions and to say, okay, wow, well, it's okay to be troubled and to be unsettled by, by things, by by the course of some of events, and so it was during the those moments of questioning myself and and trying to find answers and not necessarily finding answers and resolutions that I wrote more of these
2: stories. Was there anything that you remember removing from the text or adding in that really stood out throughout your life? Yeah, I I did a lot of cut and paste.
1: And yeah, in particular, I, I remember I removed specific stories of personal violence and, and abuses because when I thought of these stories from the beginning, the idea of sharing those stories was part of the process of, of writing these specific stories. But as I was diving into writing the book, I realized that this isn't what was supposed to happen. And because often it happens that, that we write books to to tell our truth once and for all, or to tell a part of, 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 of our stories, or to tell what happened and, and to settle some accounts. And then as the stories developed, I realized, well, this isn't what the story is about. And, and, and I need to leave many things open, certain things untold, unresolved, because this is the reality of our lives, that we live in an open field, that we are an open field, and that uh, it was like letting myself be written, and, and it happens that some of the ideas that I wanted to put in a story, they weren't any important enough to keep. So it was like the stories were writing themselves through me and without me really having (laughs) a say in what to write or what to let go or not.
2: Out of the pieces that you kept in You May Have the Suitcase Now, what was the hardest or most meaningful section to write for you?
1: Well, (laughs) I'd like to say every (laughs) story was meaningful. But I think one, one that was really very interesting in part because I still think this section is unwritten still. It's the last section that I called the trial. And so my attempt at writing this section was like to to acknowledge the voices and stories of ourselves as belonging and journeying in multiple places in ways that for instance, that we move myself, like, as a protagonist of, of my own story, as a protagonist of a, an event I am part of, but to see it from different perspectives. So, for instance, other than seeing the Kafka as a tragedy, how can I interact and engage with the event in ways where the earthquake is an historical act of shaping and expanding my story of the story of, of a group of a community and try to blur the boundaries between some dichotomies that we establish to distinguish uh, and to build our stories like being a human and non-human. So I wanted to, to see what it would look like to tell accounts of events from, from different perspectives, whether it's from from a, a mouse, whether it's from 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 a mountain, what do the, those actors, those humans, non humans, who have their own agency, what do they say about us? I think this is what the, the 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 part that's really very interesting. In part, because for me, it's still something to continue to explore.
2: Who are some authors who inspire you or have inspired your work so far?
1: <laughs> That's an interesting question, at the same time, easy and difficult. Easy because I, I read everything and everyone, people that are part of a certain canon, as well as others who are not listed in any canon. And I read from every field, from philosophy to anthropology to everything, every, like, um, essays and novels and everything's literature. And I read most of all in French and quite often also in English, but I'm more comfortable reading in French. So the last book I read, for instance, that that I reread is La Traversée de la mangrove by Marie Scondé. She's a, a, a francophone writer from um Guadeloupe. And and Jean, Jean Gigi Dominique, uh, who wrote Mémoires du Namnésique. And and I'm currently reading the English translation of Nandorming written um, by Nimros Bobra, an Asian writer and singer. So I read everywhere from different places, and, and I read also Philip Lopet, an American writer here, and short essays and poems by John Jordan, Claudia Rankin, or Albert Goldberg. So those are people that I read, but um, the, the, the part of the question that is Challenging for me too is that what inspires my, my current writing, it's, it's my, my own personal struggles and journey. So those are the things that I bring in my writing. And those are the things that, that inspire me to write and to see how my story is shaping and who and what are shaping, what things are shaping my story. Let's say I I have to go to downtown Minneapolis, for instance, to renew an immigration document. Or let's say I live as an undocumented person or or as someone to be deported. Or or let's say um, it's beautiful today. So those are the things that feed my writing. And I read because... I like to be part of a community of the writers. And because it's being invited to another world to read a piece of writing. So I like that part of it. But most of the time, what inspires me is whatever comes in my daily life. And I also want to mention that for the last few years, I've also journeyed with people who've... Uh, <laughs> who are not necessarily writers, but who inspire me every day because of how they are present in my life. So all of this contributes to to my writing
2: journey. Well, that's all the questions that I have for you. So thank you again for talking with us. It was so nice hearing you and speak with you about this piece that obviously means a lot to you and will be a great addition to anyone's reading collection.
1: Thank you, Madison. I appreciate the conversation.
0: new rivers press is a teaching press operating in association with minnesota state university moorhead the press gives msum students and interns hands-on experience in editing publishing and the business of books since 2003 every new rivers press title has been edited and designed by msum students under the supervision of new rivers press staff This episode was produced by Alex Ferguson, recorded by Madison Anderson, and features Baudelaine Pierre. Pierre is a journalist, scholar, and novelist who writes about her native Haiti and her adopted Yahwes. The essay for which the present collection is named, You May Have the Suitcase Now, is the winner of the 2019 CDS Documentary Essay Prize. You May Have the Suitcase Now is an upcoming New Rivers Press title and is slated for release in April 2021. It will be available for purchase through SPD Books. To stay up to date with the podcast, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Podcast. For information about the press, our authors, and our upcoming events, you can find us at New Rivers Press or check out our website, newriverspress.com. Thanks for listening.